a mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is. Performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Jeff Kitty, Larry Unger answering phones, of course, for us today. Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Lee is up next. Lee, welcome. Hey, good afternoon, old son. How are you, sir? I had a deal with... um, uh, My wife's got a 2010 Subaru Forester. Okay. Um, I put a set of brakes and rotors on that. not even 5,000 miles ago, and now they're chattering again, and they're brand new, not refurbished, okay. anything like that. Um, I have the same vehicle, a couple years older. Uh, I've never had that issue. You got any clues? Who did the work? I did myself. Okay. I've been working on tubes for a long okay. time. Okay. New rotors, new pads, new hardware. All high-quality um, stuff, not China stuff? No, no, no. Um, where did I get that? Well, it could have been China. It was Rock Auto. Yeah. <laughs> if it, you know, cause here, and the reason I ask that is, depending upon uh, where the rotors came from and the metallurgy okay. in them, that would not shock me. Okay. They, all rotors uh, are not well, created equal is probably what I should say. Well, and that's what I was wondering, because I bought another set. I haven't put them on yet. It's one of them deals where you can cap the brakes, and the chatter comes out of it, and then they're fine. But with her driving it and everything, and we live very, very rural out in northeast Colorado, um, you know, I, I, I'm not willing to really take a chance right. on some piece of crap that I put on there. Should Could you turn brand-new rotors to make them true? No. You, and true nowadays, you, you used to do that in, in the old days, Lee, yeah. but anymore, no. If they're if they're a high-quality, you know, manufactured correctly rotor, as long as your surface that it's mounting to is all good and clean and you've, you know, roll-locked, right. roll-off, you know, roll-locked disc that off, you know, cleaned all that up good, you know, wire-brushed it, whatever, you know, get all the rust away to where everything's, you know, yeah. nice and flat when you're mounting it. Um you're doing all that, which it sounds like you've got experience doing it. You shouldn't have any issues. Yeah, that's what I understand, because with under 5,000 miles, that was my other issue. Uh, maybe Chinese-made and or the surface, as you say, flat to flat. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't get the crap off of it. Well, and the, you know, the other thing like that you that. gotta got to look at is, is the thickness and this is going to be hard to explain. The rotor's got to be one thickness, but the actual metal that's in the rotor, there's a lot uh-huh. of knockoff stuff out there that they run thinner disc surface. Yeah, the compound, you know, the the, the outer surface that the brake pad is riding on is not the same. Is not the, the best way to say not it. Not as thick as original. Correct. 
And a lot of times oh, you can check that by weight. And they're cutting the corners, Lee. That's yeah. the only way they get the cost down. Less metal. Right. Uh, I would have never thought of that. All right. Hey, did I hear you say earlier you sold that C8? I did. That was the best thing you ever did, my friend. <laughs> well, I, know I, I got, you, I, you know, you I actually, like I think I sold I that like car. I was telling Jeff at break, I think I sold, I mean, I got more money out of the car than I paid for, and I timed it right to where today I would not be able to do the same thing. I know what you're saying. I talked to you a couple of years ago. I had a Shelby 5 ordered. Oh, yeah. Finally got it at about the same time you got your C8, and they are. It's worth more money now than the day I bought it. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that, that's a good, I mean, yeah. the car you have is a great car, by the way, as you know. No, and yours is too, but that that new, uh, what is it, Z06, that's the mid-engine, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I saw a preview of a Mustang with a possible mid-engine in it, but I don't know if it'll make you know make it together in my lifetime. But, I doubt uh, it. If it does, I'm going to buy one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that would be a, a really... I mean, that'd be an awesome thing. I don't see Ford doing that knowing they already did the GT and, you know, had huge yeah. success, of course, with that. But I don't see them I don't see them getting away from I that know, car. I was listening earlier. These high-horsepower stuff where you're talking seven and a half, eight hundred 800 horsepower, you're not going to be able to buy them anymore. Nope. That's just the way it is. I agree. And they're, they're going to do nothing but, you know, gain in value. That's right. So, That's right. 100% uh, Lee. Uh, you're correct. You know. Buy him, take it out on the weekend, and, you know, knock the hell out of it. Yep, so, you're right. Go? You're right. All uh, right, my friend. Thanks uh, for that. Thanks, I'll Lee. look at these rotors. And, all right, talk to you later. You're very thanks welcome. Here. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it very much. Enjoy the enjoy the Mustang. Kyle, you're up. Go ahead, sir. Well, I talked to you towards the last of yeah. uh, Fix-It Radio, and I had a question. I had another comment. Sure. I mean, really, how, how lucky can one person get to talk to me twice in the same <laughs> day? Right? Well, we enjoy talking to you, Kyle. Thank you. Uh, you know, the question of the day about courtesies, uh, you know, uh, I learned uh, some things since I had gotten out of driver's ed. You know, driver's ed, they teach you the difference in the colors of the traffic light and how mm-hmm. to make a right turn. But there's other courtesies that uh, just are being learned, and that is just the simple things you can do in traffic to keep traffic flowing. You know, if you're in the left-hand lane, you know, and you got uh, you got faster traffic behind you, move over. Right. And also Either go faster or move over, one of the two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just that's a common and whatever you feel comfortable. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. That's a courtesy. Whatever you feel comfortable doing. If you're in the left lane and traffic is moving faster than you, either speed up or get out of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I try to drive in traffic down the highway by touching the brakes as little as possible and trying right. to. I mean, I'm, I'm a little weird. I do something. I uh, I pay attention. I know that's radical. I know. But uh, I uh, I try to keep traffic around me flowing and even if someone is merging onto the highway and i'm in the right hand lane i will change lanes there you go well two things kyle and i'm I'm like you either do things two things either i move over or if possible speed up so that as that person's coming in if there's enough room in that lane say you're in the right lane they're merging in and you can speed up to get around them a little faster so that they're not having to manipulate around you or if you can move to the other lane to even make it way easier yeah that's a common courtesy but i again just so Everybody maybe maybe doesn't know this, Kyle. The last thing you want to do, and I see it happen far too often, is put your brake on in that right lane as that person's merging in, because now you just stop the flow of traffic. Oh, exactly. You start that accordion effect. Exactly. It, uh, yeah. So even if someone is towing a trailer and they're trying to make an exit, I mean, 
you know they can't stop on a dime so nope. i will i will uh, either if i can't uh, if i can't change lanes i will flash my lights and i will let them in so they can make that pass through to the exit there so you go it's just it's just little simple things certain little things you can do that's right to just keep traffic moving and i don't think that's being learned anymore no i agree with you on that 100 percent so but I do have a funny antidote that I, I heard one time about Bandamere. I, uh, when I lived in Colorado, I worked with a guy who was a Den- Denver native, and he used to go out to Bandamere as a kid during the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. And he said that one time he was out there on one weekend, he said during the uh, open stock category, I guess they had a lull in it or the end of the open stock, and they had a lull in the action out there. And he said he looked up, and there was a guy out there that was going to make a single, single run. This guy was in an ice cream truck. <laughs> hilarious so he said uh, he said the crowd just loved it that's but, hilarious uh, I'm, I'm sure to this that probably holds two records probably the fastest time ever run by an ice cream truck and probably the slowest time ever <laughs> a quarter mile ever at that's probably true probably probably did two at once that's yeah, good that's yeah, hilarious yeah uh, you uh, know i spent a lot of time out there as a kid and in my early 20s and and again, yeah, had had a ball, and yeah, it's always sad to see something like that end. But you know, Kyle, as I said earlier, you know, I also think as as just individuals, we need to also celebrate the fact that you know this is the American dream. If they can cash out and do this, this is what every business hopes for. Yeah, yeah. Well, and unfortunately, all good things must pass. So um, you know, yeah, change track, change is uh, inevitable. Track, change is inevitable, as you as you know, Kyle. The only constant is change. That's so, right. So you know, if the track isn't uh, isn't um, uh, you know re uh, rebuilt somewhere else, then uh, that's uh, that's that's uh, that's a loss. Yep, that's a loss. You're right. We'll see what happens. All right, Kyle. Thank All you, right. man. Hey, appreciate uh, it very much. No, appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, Kevin's next. Kevin, go ahead. Hi guys. Uh, I'm out here on Highway 24. If I lose you, I'll call. Oh you well, back. thanks, Kevin. And but be safe, by the way. Oh, yeah, always. We're on our way to Michigan, pick up another motorcycle. Okay. Woo-hoo. Everybody everybody needs another motorcycle. Yeah, everybody does. That's, That's right. That's right. God. Anyway, uh, my sweetie has an 03 Dodge Durango with the uh, 4.7 V8. Okay. And four of the exhaust manifold studs that uh, go through to the heat shield have broken off. And I'm looking at... A heck of a job of uh, trying to get those studs out and replacing them. Uh, any advice? <laughs> they, no, they're uh, they're a bear. They're a pain. Yeah, they're a bear. Uh, in the in the chassis, of course, even makes it more difficult. Uh, you know, the only the only thing you can do is, of course, have proper tools, heat, good penetrating. Oil and you know, pick your you know pick whatever yeah. you feel has worked the best over the years. I can't tell you that there's one over another. There's some claims out there of certain types of things working better than others, but at the end of the day, the uh, biggest thing is just trying to not break them off any further than what they already are and get those extracted. Yeah, and there are there are better tools out there to do that with now, Kevin, than there used to be. But this is more on the professional tool truck. Uh, scale than it's going to be, uh, you know, going to you know a harbor freight or or places along those lines. You're, you're going to need the right tools to do that. Gotcha. And, uh, my gotcha. recommendation is is if you've got those manifolds off, get them flattened out. Yeah, have them planed. Yep. And then on and also okay. have have on hand 
You may or may not need it when it's all said and done, but I would have some helicoils handy just in case you can't get them repaired and you've got to drill them and actually put helicoils in them. You may need to, so have those handy just in case. Gotcha. Well, I'm hoping not to have to pull the cylinder head off. Well, and yeah, let's yeah, because they're they're as you yeah. know, it's tight. And, and by the way, another another thing that's nice to have handy is an angle drill. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Now that uh, is one of those things where you could do a cheaper Harbor Freight, you know, angle drill if you needed to, you know, something along those lines, because it's it's really tight to get anything else in there, as you know. Right. Well, I got four of them that are going to have to be drilled out, so is, I'd rather spend the money once. Have exactly. You got, have you got a MIG welder? I do not. Okay. Sometimes you can weld a nut to the top yeah. and have them, have them out that way also. That's how we used to get them out. Yeah. All right. That's what he had recommended that to me. The heat helps you out uh, doing yeah. that as well. Now, when you're saying heat, are you talking about heat to the aluminum cylinder head, warm up the outside no, the heat area? To the, well, the heat to the stud heats, you know, heats the stud and kind of changes the metallurgy, if you would, from one metal to the other and potentially loosens that. I yep. say potential because it doesn't gotcha. always. Gotcha. All right. Well, we will give it a shot here in a couple of weeks, okay. and uh, we're going to hope for okay. the best on that. All right. Well, Appreciate good luck. it very Thanks, much. gentlemen. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it very much. All right, let's take a quick break. Mike in Masonville, hang tight. We'll come right back to you. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa. Get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? 
The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. Spring means warmer weather, but it also means it's time to protect our pets from warm weather parasites, including fleas and ticks. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and being informed on what our pets need to stay healthy and happy this time of year, as well as all year long, is just one more reason why 20 years ago, our family chose Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center to take care of all of our pets' needs. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, the medical staff keeps us up to date on the status of our pets' health during their regular checkups. They also make sure we know how to help our pets stay healthy and remain healthy all throughout the year. With the arrival of spring, we know it's time to protect our dog, Gracie, from the fleas and ticks just waiting outside to hitch a ride on our sweet girl. And since we know that fleas and ticks can cause many problems for pets and for humans, making sure our pets are protected with a safe, effective flea and tick preventative is an important part of their care. Why not have Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center care for your special companion? It's the place where our pets go. Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center can be reached at 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. And you can also visit them online and read their latest blogs at LoneTreeVet.com. All right, we are back. Mike, Paul, and David Hangtide. I do want to get this squeezed in here really quick or I will run out of time and I won't get to it. And that is the difference in specifically a dealership and what they call customer pay versus warranty work. And for a lot of you listening, you may or may not know that this exists, but inside of a dealership, there are two different pay rates that is charged back to the factory and to the retail customer. And by the way, the technician themselves gets a different pay according to what type of vehicle and job they're doing. So in other words, a uh, I don't know, I'll, I'll take a Ford just because we were talking about Ford here just a few minutes ago with Lee. So you take a new Ford, it comes in, and and let's say that this is a vehicle that's got some potential warranty work and some, and some potential what we call customer pay work. Well, you're always going to find, always, without but rare exception, the customer pay work being pushed harder onto the customer than the warranty work. And some of you would say, well, why? The vehicle's under warranty. Well, because in, in a lot of cases, you may find as much as a $20 an hour discrepancy to what the dealership is actually going to make from the retail customer to the warranty, or in this case, Ford being the customer. The technician themselves will have a lower pay rate per hour working on the warranty work for Ford versus the customer pay. So keep in mind that even psychologically, even if it's just subconsciously, the technician is going to gravitate more towards the things they know they're going to get a higher pay rate out of than something that they're going to do for the customer, quote-unquote, for free or under warranty. So you have to be careful in a lot of cases and really asking the right questions because, yes, there will be times that the dealership will push on you something that you're paying for that might, in fact, be warrantied, but because the pay difference is such, they're not going to run it under warranty. They're going to charge you. Yep. 
Now, that's a quick synopsis. If more of you have questions on that, I can answer that more in depth. And frankly, why in the world you'd want to be a dealer tech in today's world, knowing everything I just said? I don't know why you'd want to, because the money is far better on the independent side than it is on the you know than it is on the dealer side because of the things that I just said. But that's another conversation, probably for another day. Mike in Masonville, you're next. Hey, good morning. So enjoy the show. Been listening Thanks, all morning Mike. here. You're welcome. I've got three questions because my brain was running while I was waiting online. Sure. Ooh, the first two you can answer offline once you get time to fill them in. But here's one question for you. My, I've got a brother. He went to Wyoming Tech. He works on his cars. He raced cars. When I graduated from high school, I ended up buying for myself as my graduation present the 1974 Dodge W200 Power Wagon. Okay. So it's three-quarter ton frame. It rides like a tank, but I. It, but here's my question. I cut firewood. I got a cord of wood on. So total vehicle weight, let's say, is 7,800 pounds when I'm driving down the road. When I get on to any place that's gravel or whatever, if there's nobody around, I drive, you know, 25 miles an hour or whatever. I get out of people's way if they're coming down the road. I'll even pull off and take the side road just to let a car mm-hmm. go by. Sure. But my brother, and when I come to my house, I'm going up a hill, or my brother gets on me when I'm cutting. Like and I, I'm not a crazy four-wheel driver, but up in the mountains, when I'm in four-wheel drive, and even if the truck is empty, I just take it easy. I go slow. I, you know, it rides so rough. Right. So right. Yeah. Now, here's the question. When I'm driving up the hill to my house, I'm in first gear, just normal, first gear. Um, engine's probably going about eleven or 1,200 RPM. And I'm just going easy up the hill just because I grew up on gravel roads in South Dakota. Right. Mm-hmm. I know if I go fast, sure. I spin the tires. Not when I'm loaded. but Anyway, my brother gets on me and he says, you're hurting your transmission. And, uh, no, you're not. Jeff, no, so, no. Yeah. No, that's no. an easy answer. No, you're not. Okay, here's here's my other two questions. You can answer this. I'll get off the line, and then you can fill in okay. when you have time. Since Bandamere is shutting down, uh, I know there's the Erie Speedway. I've never been there before. You can fill in the audience on how that works and what they offer. Okay. And here's my other question. Um, this is important. This, it's crazy why I'm asking this. You're talking about these pickups, cars, but pickups also now. You're talking about pickups that have gasoline engines and 700 horsepower, and yes. you haven't really mentioned. They probably got a ton of torque also. They do. But as an investment, if somebody has the money and they can order out, because the chances are, you know, the way things are going, if they ever clamp down and say, no, you can't, they burn too much gas, you know, you, got, mm-hmm. you can't have that much power. If I want to get one now, um, what things in a pickup are the things to look for? Because the diesel that still have to run depth is crazy to me. However that got passed, I don't know. But when it comes to either buying a diesel truck or one of the five, six, seven hundred horsepower gasoline trucks, because hopefully they got the transmission and the gearbox and the braking, because if you get one of these big trucks, and you're pulling a big trailer that's loaded up with firewood, like maybe three or four cords of firewood, 
you got to have the braking power too, or you got to mm-hmm. have the brains. Very true. To drive. And, and so, really quick, just uh, this one I can answer quickly, Mike. If you can afford to buy one of these half ton series trucks, and they're more of a of a Baja off road type truck, and they're high horsepower, you know, six seven hundred horsepower. They're they're you can drive them as a daily driver. Yes, they've got all the rest of the things you just talked about behind them to where. Uh, the truck is very safe, and you can drive it just like any other car that you would. They are not necessarily heavy-duty tow vehicles, so they're not one and the same as what you would go out and buy, say, a Power Stroke Ford. So you go yeah. buy the a Raptor R that's 700 horsepower and an F-150 versus buying a full-bore you know, F-250, 350 with a big diesel, uh, you know, the 6.7 diesel, not one and the same. They are not going to do the same things. They're not going to send, you're not going to haul the same loads. Even though the, the Raptor R has a 700 horsepower, it's not going to haul the same fifth wheel trailer, for example, up the mountain and down, or even the cord of wood that you're talking about, that, that, that the diesel would, they're just not one and the same. But you're not buying them for the same purposes either. And for, and I'll, I'm going to hang up and let you talk about Erie, and I'll send okay. you maybe another on investing. The, if I want to invest money as an investment, as a, instead of, anyway, on pickups uh, as an investment, and I'll let, that way you can have time to okay. think about All right, I'll do that. Thank you. No, that, that's, that's great. And yeah. I'll answer really quick on Car National Speedway, which is up in Erie. It's at the Erie uh, exit up off I-25 north of town. Uh, I guess that exit would be, I don't know, it's way past... Highway, it's after the exit after Highway 7, so I don't know, uh, address-wise, I don't know that end of things, Jeff, because I've lived up there my whole life, and I just know where it is, so I don't yeah. even know what the address is, but it's up off the Erie, Erie exit up I-25. It is a dirt circle track track. It is not the same as Bandemir. Bandemir is a drag race track, NHRA-sanctioned, quarter mile, well, it's quarter mile for certain uh, brackets. If you're into the high horsepower where they're running, you know, 300 miles an hour plus, it's now a thousand foot track. It's not 1320 yeah. like it used to be. It's a thousand foot. They shortened the track up because they were going so fast that they tried to shorten things up, and they're still just going as fast as they as they ever were. It's just incredible how fast they're going. But, uh, anyways, two different things. Uh, Colorado National, and they're still operational, but it's a circle track type uh, event, and it's just way different than what you're going to find at Colorado National yep. Speedway. Now, there's also uh, the, the racetrack out in Byers. Uh, that's a totally different track. That's a road race track. That's, a, that's an uh, owner. Uh, the owners of the track are also club members, so the club owns the track, and it's a lot of fun as well. Each one of those is just totally different in its aspect of racing. It would be nice, by the way, to see all of those combined yeah. into one particular arena here in town where you could do all at the same time, same place, several different events, maybe even running simultaneously. That would be dynamite. But where's that headed? I don't know. We'll be right back, though. Paul and Loveland, hang tight. David also. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. 
Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, and every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. With everyone wanting more of your money from eggs to gas to taxes, how do you keep more of what you've earned? Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we can show you how to pay less interest on your home, have access to your equity for 30 years, and be prepared for unexpected expenses or emergencies. The market has changed. You now have more buying authority whether you want to purchase with a rate in the threes on a 3-2-1 buy-down or refinance and pay less interest to own your home faster with the Asset Manager Mortgage. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500, where we've been serving Coloradans for over 20 years. Government agencies continue to raise the cost of financing, whether to purchase or refinance. Let us show you how not to pay these increased fees with loan programs designed to pay less interest and put you in control of your equity. If you want to purchase a home with the rates in the threes or you want to have access to your equity, call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. In these difficult times, you can still save. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. And MLS 298-191, regulated by DOOR. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right. Also, somebody uh, uh, texted in exit 232 for Colorado National Speedway. It's up in Decono, and it is paved now. I made a mistake, and it's been years since I've been up there. So my bad. It is now paved. So it's a paved circle track, uh, Erie, Colorado National Speedway, exit 232, and that will be one of the places to go if you want to go watch racing here. Bandemirs is going to run through this year. So they're going to run through the end of this year to my 
knowledge. In fact, I thought I read something today that they will run. I think they're running all the way through the end of October, uh, which is their normal season here for 2023. Uh, what happens after that and how long will the track be around or will there be any kind of tuning and testing? That Because right now, currently, the track can be rented for a day for some of those things, even when they're uh, not in, in session. You know, Even if it's a nice winter day, uh, they'll rent the track and do different things. What all is going to happen along those lines? Again, you'll hear more about that down the road, I'm sure. I have no idea. And some are even asking, you know, what did they sell it for? That there's no number that's been thrown around. No one knows. Uh, I'm guessing eventually, of, clo- of course, because it's public record, uh, once that gets sold and closed, of course, everyone will know what it's sold for because it will then be public record at that point. Paul and Loveland, you're next. Uh, good morning, guys. Good to have you back there, John. Thank Hope you. you. enjoyed your vacation. I'm uh, calling about a 2003 Buick Century. It's got about 160,000 miles on it. And last year, last August, I had a uh, shop do a BG brake system flush. It's not the first time it's been done, but it had been quite a while. And going forward here, 2,000 miles, seven months later, had another shop taking a look at the car for some significant work that had to be done. And they tested the brake fluid. And it comes out that the tech says it's reading about 300 parts per million copper on it, which is very high. So I'm starting to wonder, um, is this normal, that uh, a fairly short amount of time after having it flushed and done, uh, that you're going to get that higher reading, or is it possible that... uh, You've got something failing someplace, probably, is why the copper is getting into it. That would be my guess, Paul. Okay. It it uh, is abnormal to get it that high that quickly, yes. If everything was flushed out correctly and and handled uh, that way, you should not see it rising. The, the copper would be coming from something internal in the brake system. Okay. Any likely suspects or just hard to say? On that car, about the only thing that I think would have copper going into it would be the proportioning valve. Or ABS. Or the ABS. Well, yeah, 03. Yeah, could be ABS on the 03 as well, yes. Okay. Um, I had it diagnosed many years ago. Um, that the ABS controller uh, has failed, and of course the dashboard is lit up with amber lights uh, about the annual lock brake uh, okay. not functioning and everything. And I've lived with that for years. That's probably uh, where the copper's coming from. Yeah. Okay, and that could be coming from uh, the controller itself. Yes. Okay. Well, the components inside the yeah. inside that block. Yeah. Okay. The ABS unit. And short of replacing that, which I'm not even sure if there's one available. I'm not sure you can. Uh, I think in your case, just keep flushing it periodically and call it good. Yeah. 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 Because you're not going to find one, I don't think, Paul. Right. That's an old TEVS unit, I believe, is what that is. I don't think you're going to find one. Yeah, more than likely. Uh, When it was diagnosed years ago, uh, it was questionable. Well, they were a boatload of money. I mean, even 20 years ago, they were a boatload of money. They can't be any better today. Yes, and I made the decision at that time that yep. I could pump the brakes there you rather go. than put $1,000. There you go. Yep. So. Agree. All right, guys. Thank you very much. You're very much. welcome, Appreciate Paul. Sorry to both. say that, but no, I think that's the best the best thing for you to do. Uh, David, go ahead, sir. You're next. Uh, question about tire pressure. Um, I had my tires checked at one of the local tire places, uh-huh. and they said, oh, high altitude, we usually... Um, put about three PSI more than what the recommendation is. And 
No. I was trying to do some research no. online, and I said, "No, that's BS." Pressure's pressure. Yeah, pressure's pressure. Okay. Doesn't matter. That's BS. <laughs> okay. I mean, the only time you'd ever run a little higher pressure is if you're wanting to get a little bit better fuel economy, David. You can sometimes up the pressure a little bit to get a little better, you know, fuel economy that way. But other than that, no pressures. Pressures. Pressure. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. I don't know who's telling you that, but that's you know, that's just incorrect. Well, and they said, well, it's because of our altitude. And no. I go, well, yeah, but even though it's less than sea level as far as, you know, 12 PSI or whatever, um, you're checking it at that level. You're so checking it at our altitude, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You're, you're very welcome, David. Sorry about that. Still shows you there's misinformation out there, folks. All oh, those wives' tales. All right. Jeff, you're up, sir. Hey, good morning. Uh, first of all, uh, you were talking about uh, courtesy, and it's not just limited to uh, young folks. Uh, misplaced courtesies. My mom, who will celebrate her 90th birthday this year, um, kind of has trouble understanding etiquette and roundabouts. Uh, yeah, we, we um, uh, <laughs> Jeff, uh, uh, well, you know, you guys all know that. I don't think there's any secrets here. My wife's grandmother is 99. She'll be 100 this year. And when we go out in public restaurants and so on, yeah, I think the older folks get the less of those things they remember, Jeff. <laughs> I think you just kind of get yeah, to the I point where you're it. like, I'm old, I'm entitled, so deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I understand that. I mean, I'm getting to that point. No, hers is that she, when she goes into a roundabout, she thinks it's courteous to stop in the middle of the circle. Uh, no, that's and not. Let yeah, no. Come in, in front of her. That's a disaster, and it's like, Mom. You, you wouldn't stop at a green light to let somebody at a right, at a red light correct the right turn. You know, yeah. So, but. I, but you know what? I see I see young people doing the same thing, Jeff. That's just not her being old. I see young people doing the same thing. Yeah. A roundabout I, I, I is to keep traffic flowing, not to stop it up. Even though I hate them. Do you reckon? Uh, they're no. I hate roundabouts, just it's saying. Uh, you know why I hate roundabouts? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. You guys know me. I don't mince any words. I hate roundabouts because they're European. And I hate anything that comes over here from Europe. We left there for a reason. <laughs> Just me. Sorry. Actually, I got introduced to them in Britain, and that's where I came to really like them because they uh, they really helped out a lot. So, in certain circumstances, they do. Although I, I find here, typically in Colorado, most of them are put in to reduce the flow of traffic. Yeah, you may not need a stoplight there, and there's a savings on that. But typically, they're put in in Colorado to slow traffic down. Yep. Yeah, well, we used to have a Y, a Y that uh, was a, a disaster for the folks trying to enter onto the main road from the one that attached to it. They put a roundabout in, and it just it solved the problem. There were no more accidents here. So yeah, and and they typically do they they typically do that as long as they're used correctly. To your point, right, right. And then when Lee called in, he was talking about rotor. I noticed you were very circumspect and judicious. It didn't point out that it was his wife's vehicle that had the rotor chatter issue and not his. Um, I, as you were talking, I wondered if maybe she's riding the brakes or developed a hot spot at one point. Maybe Could just be. put the uh, emergency brake on. Yeah, there's all sort of things that could uh, be causing that. And, and really, you know, Jeff, in, in all fairness, every 
driver drives different. I mean, I, yep. you know, having a fleet like I have and all the different drivers I've got, I mean, there are some drivers that can you know run a set of tires forever. There's other drivers that can wear a set out, and half the time the other driver can. And why one is different from... Yeah. Uh, it, was just, it was just something to think. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, my... My well, we, but really, you know, really quick, though, Jeff, I, let me stop there for a moment, too. Cause, by the way, the, sure, everything sure. you and I just said is why I hate the manufacturer and dealer saying, this is your recommended services and everything has to be done according to this little book we put in the back of your owner's manual. No, every car, every person driving it does things differently, so it's got to be custom tailored to you and the vehicle, not the book. But, but, but that stuff all came in when they did the cost per mile. I know. I know. I know why it's there. I just don't agree with it. And I mean, you've got to have a baseline. Don't get me wrong. That's but what makes it Everything ridiculous. has to be tailored to the individual driver. Yep. Yep. The folks see recommended intervals, and they think that that's gospel. And, it's, and as you know, it's not. Not even close. So, uh, yeah, my daughter's got a 2018 Ford Expedition, and she called me this week because it developed a mysterious knock is very similar to one that i have i have an exhaust leak on a manifold that seals up after 30 seconds and so i've never dealt with it and she said she thought it was like that but when she was describing it it didn't seem like it was just on one cylinder or at one one point it seemed like maybe it was all the cylinders and so i told her it was probably either a crack in the head or it's not the head the uh manifold or a uh or maybe something in the valve train isn't getting oil and has developed. Or timing chain. Those are yeah. those are very well known from having timing chain noise after, after they get miles and not being changed. Oh, really? A timing yeah. chain? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. And then um, he's looked at pretty quickly because they can wear holes in components that we don't want. Yeah. Okay. Well, she took it to a guy, and he said, they looked at it and said, well, we can't find out what's making the noise. That's hmm. that. Wait a minute, he gave up? <laughs> well, he either gave up because he didn't want to do it, because, by the way, doing a timing chain in one of those is a booger, and you got to have special tools to do it. And a lot of shops just won't do yeah. it. And it's expensive. Uh, and, they're, and they're not cheap, yeah. They're expensive. Okay, yeah. Well, he was uh, a national known dealer who have franchises at a lot of military bases. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. So. Well, again, those are those are in in a lot of cases. If you don't have an experienced tech that knows how to do that job, you just won't do it. They'll stay away from it. Okay, because it, it's more it's more gotcha. trouble than it's worth to that shop when it's all said and done. If they're not careful. Gotcha. And uh, regarding Vandermeer, uh, I never went there uh, when we lived in the Springs. It just wasn't something I did. But I just you know things pass you know there used to be horse racing in colorado springs and up here at mm -hmm. county fairs and different things and we just don't have that anymore either and a lot of folks mourn the passing of that but it's part of what changes that is for sure yep so yep you're right thank you gents as always thanks jeff appreciate thanks. you as always have a good one we'll be right back drive radio klz 560 at Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. 
Napa. Get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place. And oftentimes, things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to champ. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. All right, we are back. Somebody just asked, by the way, I'll answer this one. I was kind of trying to text this back, but I will answer it this way. On tire pressure, when someone puts bigger slash wider tires and wheels, does the door label still apply when it comes to pressure? Not always. Sometimes it would. Most cases, it wouldn't. And if you've changed even the ply, you know, the ply rating of the tire, that also would change some things. So this person says they tend to look at how the rubber meets the road, the contact patch, and so on. Yes, you will be looking at that more in relation to how is it wearing and is the pressure correct in that. And you've got to have a starting point, of course, and that will be on the side of the tire if you've gone to a different set of tires and wheels on the vehicle. And, yes, you'll just have to look at that on an individual basis. So, Mark, you're next. Go ahead. I had a question on uh, 2002 Tahoe. Yeah, go ahead, 5.3. Yeah. Um, when you start it off, uh, when you start it up and it has kind of a knocking sound to it. Um, and, um, it's wondering if that's, and, and what, you, what, uh, about. what year is it, Mark? 2002. Sorry, I missed it. Done it for a long time. Five, three. Done it for a long time. Uh huh. Okay. Five, three liter. Some of those had carbon buildup issues where they would knock. Some of them had lifter issues that would also make them knock. You'd have to look and see which one of those is it. 
Mm-hmm. It was common on those, by How the way, I, to do that. Uh-huh. How long does How it take do before it goes that? away? Oh, just about uh, two, three minutes. Probably lifters. Yeah. Those were common for that. Mm. Do, do, do I need to replace I, them or I, just live with it? I own one of those. Well, I own a 2004. Same but engine. it's had that noise in it for probably 50,000 miles. And the only thing that I found that helped it out was the BGEPR. That's what I was going to say. The MOA and went to synthetic, full synthetic uh, oil. And it didn't get rid of all of it, but it definitely made it less. And that mm-hmm. that's, you know, a good oil filter. Yep. And that, and I think you might it might help you out as far as the noise. But they're just known for that, Mark. Yep. That's pretty common. Okay. Yep. Okay. Is there any damage being done, or is it just... It's just an annoyance. Well, anytime there's a tick going on, yes, there's some potential for some damage because there's slop there. That's where the tick is coming from. So anytime we can reduce Mm -hmm. that, even to Jeff's point, even if you don't get rid of all of it, you get rid of the majority of it, you're helping it. Got it. Thank you. You're very welcome, Mark. No, appreciate Mm -hmm. that. Any other questions, just email me, and I'll help you out that way as well if I can. Phil and Centennial, you're next. Hey, John, I'll make it quick. It's nice to meet you the last month. I uh, was there at the studio with Ava, oh, and my yeah, wife. Oh, yeah, likewise. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, thanks for everything you did You're for You're very me. welcome. Uh, they're in Orlando right now. Nice. Uh, being international, so I'm going to encourage my wife to encourage Ava to call in and let you know how it went. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I would I would like that. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, and so after listening for so long, you have an idea what people look like, and holy cow, Larry was just about exactly how I imagined Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good one, and Jeff and Jeff was pretty close too there. Okay, yeah, it's uh, face for radio. It's always it's sure. always hard. Hey, I, I go through the same thing. It's like, what do you think so and so looks like? And in my world, it's like, well, not what I thought he did. Yeah, yeah. How's yeah, pretty close on that? How'd she do on that as far as fundraising? Uh, well, John was very uh, gracious in his donation, and uh, I don't think she got any more from the show, but. Just giving her a voice was very well, nice. and Appreciate that. Yeah, I enjoyed doing it. No, it was fun having her. Yep. And it was nice to meet you after all that yeah, time. Fun having but, her. But uh, anyway, good for Bandemir. Um, sad, but are they about a third generation yes. workers? Yes. Yeah. 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 Sporty, in, in, I, I don't know if his daughter's involved as much. Sporty basically runs it. He, you know, that's John Jr.'s son. So John Sr., John Jr., and then Sporty. Uh, so, yeah, three three generations. Uh, and I don't know if there's a fourth that is interested in anything, Phil. I don't know them well enough to know that answer. It'll be interesting to see what the third generation does. and the, Not that they'll have to do anything, because they'll, they'll do well. Uh, well, and third generation has been running things up to this point, and I'm sure has had a lot of input into what they're doing right now, because they're my age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! I wouldn't have guessed that. I oh yeah, so there, you know, because I was racing with younger. all of them back at the same time. You know, we're probably only a couple of years off age-wise. I'm 58, so they've got to be 56, 57, somewhere in that neighborhood. So they're getting in their upper 50s, and you know, John Jr., who's not quite my dad's age, but he's got to be in his late 70s, I'm guessing. So uh, gotta be gotta be fairly close. Maybe even maybe maybe even the same age as my dad. Wow. That's yeah. good info. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. So, yeah. I, one last thing, John. I just I mean, keep, keep in mind, Phil, the racetrack's been up there sixty-five years. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that long. Yeah. I got up there for Mile High Nationals back in the 80s, and that was my one visit. There, there. you go. Yep. Uh, well, if you're going to want to go again, for everybody listening, if you want to do it again on the Hogback, this year will be the year to do it because you won't yep. do it again. And I'm sure they're yeah, going to have thing, some special. It's just a different, when you host the show, John, there's just a different vibe because it's been nonstop calls. But we appreciate <laughs> when Jeff and Dennis and Ken, whoever fills in for you, we appreciate it. Well, well I do too. It's busy when you're on. Those well, are big you. shoes to fill. Well, I've done it a very long yeah. time. That's that's the only advantage I have is I've just done it longer. That's of, all. A lot of friends of John there. So well, yeah. I appreciate it. All right. Thank Thanks, you, John. Phil. Appreciate it very much. No kind words, and, and I thank you for that very yeah. much. Dave and Centennial, you're next. Nope, Dave went away. Dave, call me back. You got an auto show comment. I'll have you back on as soon as I can. Troy, you're next. Hey, John. How you doing? Good, man. What's up? Hey, this is uh, Troy from Cheyenne. How you are you, sir? Me? <laughs> Question for you. Hey, uh, AGM batteries. Uh-huh. I bought one last year, a couple for my boat. Had them on chargers all uh, all winter long. Went to look. It was flashing red. Took it off. Stabbed it with the battery with the meter. and comes out six volts. Bought it in April. Took it back to the store. And they say, oh, we can't warranty this because, hey, it's only six volts. Well, why is that my fault? Well, you didn't maintain it. So what is with these AGMs? I mean, can it be a bad bad sell? Or what, what what's usually the scoop with these? Well, they don't really have cells like you would typically find in a regular right. wet cell battery. Uh, AGM is the you know glass mat battery. It's just a totally different technology, and yes, they need maintained. Right, exactly. So if it was plugged into a charger all winter long, so evidently the charger that I bought from them also must be bad. So and did you buy crazy. a charger or a maintainer? A maintainer. Okay, a maintainer. I mean, a maintainer's got a computer board in it. It knows when it needs charged or not. It should keep it up. Right. It exactly. should have a float circuit. So, in yeah, it, what so. what brand did you buy, Troy? What did it say on it? The battery the battery tenders. Okay, yeah, that battery tenders a great brand. My thought is that's yeah. a bad battery. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they just ran me out the door cuz they said, "Well, there's only 6 volts, so, you know, screw you." I, I, you know, it's it's not even it's not even a year old. It was April April it, of Yeah, that that I battery, I mean, I'd call the manufacturer of the battery up and say, "Hey, you you know, we got an issue here. I want this thing warrantied." Yeah, well, and and sidestep the store. People working there, you know, and you got to get you got to get a hold of the manager who's not in today. Yeah, know, I'd so go right to the manufacturer of the battery itself and, and go that route, Troy, if it were me. And it's it's one of those diehards, you know. So no, there's probably only what a couple of manufacturers of batteries around anymore. Uh, in the states, well, on AGM, I can't say wet cell. Yeah, a couple, two or three uh, wet on the on the AGMs. I don't know, Troy. That one's a, I. You know what? Sure. I've never researched that. I have no idea. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it may only so. be one. Anyway. I have no idea. Yeah, so that's the fun for the day. But anyway, no, I was just kind of curious on those. It just seems ridiculous that, you know, less than a year and, and they don't want to do anything for you, but typical, right? <laughs> um, they should be doing something for you on that because that's a bad battery. It should, it yeah. should, if you've got a maintainer, a battery tender, even that brand, especially on it, you should have no issues. Right. So. It right, should well, stay up. I just thought I'd touch base. No, I would, I, I would go higher up the food chain. All right. All right. Thank you, lay Don't lie down and, uh, you know, don't, don't just uh, – Lie down and take that one. Yeah, no, don't roll over. I would contact your manufacturer. And so, by the way, this is the one advantage social media has when it comes to some of these sorts of things. You go put a post up on social media about what you just told us, 
and you do that on social media, you're liable to get an answer back from somebody on that end because that is one thing they do watch. You can tweet that. You can put it on TikTok. You can put it on Facebook. You put that thing out on social media, and chances of you getting some answer back are, are pretty high. So, guys, that's it for today. Thank you all for joining us. We do appreciate it very much. If you're listening to a replay, thank you for that as well. Myself, Charlie Grimes, your engineer, Larry Unger, uh, answering phones for us today as well, and Jeff Kitty, of course. Thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your day. Sportsman Colorado comes up next. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.